Welcome. We're back again. Oh, what is this, number four? Number four, mate, yeah. Can't believe it. Oh, it's going from straight to straight. The weeks just go so quickly now. There's something, look to, to, there's something to bookend a Sunday evening for us both. You had a good week, mm. mate? Been busy? Uh, not really. Writing menus, which we're going to get onto a bit later. Mm. Uh, writing writing many, many menus, I think. Yeah, it? yeah. Drinking copious amounts of coffee and... That's it. It's just a looking forward the, to this. A week in the life of Chef Paul Brunigan. Ah, it's a real treat. It's a real treat. And this is just a little insight. If people want to become if people do start to become more fascinated by you, they can check out you know, your personal Instagram account and your Facebook and see what they you get up to. Yeah, 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 yeah. They can do. They can they, do. They won't. They won't. No. They won't. So for yourself, Chief, menus. Yeah, so uh, I know we've wanted to talk about this for a few weeks now. We've been teasing it. It's like a Avengers Endgame style podcasting. This is yeah, yeah. It's it's almost uh, a direct equivalent, isn't it? Uh, well, the numbers we're getting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, writing menus. Who'd have thought that time has come around again? It's been a while, isn't it? I don't know where to start. <laughs> no, because I don't know. For those of people that do know the double locks in Exeter, know what a big operation it is but for those that don't why don't you give them a sort of little insight into the kind of places that it is and the kind of things that they offer it's a lovely little pub on the canal in Exeter uh, that in the summer gets very 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 busy you're sort of looking I wouldn't even like to put numbers on it to be honest so yeah it's just really busy uh, you'll, so- you'll do upwards of 200 covers a day easy will you not Oh, do that in an hour sometimes, mate, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, classic pub classics um, with a little bit of extra zhuzh, I suppose, mm. is the right term. Uh, so, yeah, I've been sort of trying to sort those menus out this week. Um, and, what, and what different types of menus have you had to work on? Because obviously there's there's different outlets within the same venue, isn't there, at some point, sir? Yeah, it is, yeah. So you've got the main kitchen there or the main sort of uh, area, and then you've got the barbecue and then functions, and they're getting a new, uh, I don't know what they're called, like American caravan thing, uh, diner style, uh, oh, okay. to go in there. So That sounds good. It's Menu City. It's Menu City. And how are they coming along? Have you got any finalised? Have you been... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I think the, the struggle is, with a lot of things like this, is um, trying to work out what would work of course yeah and what you want to cook it's a fine line you know and I usually if I go into a job give it a month to try and see um, what the customer wants run their menu for a little while and see how it works because we've been closed for so long um, you're sort of coming into a different season now so the stuff that they had on there the stews and all those sort of heavier dishes aren't necessarily going to work Maybe a bit because people are going to be outside, but yeah, it's really difficult. Yeah, you, but I think it's going to be difficult for everybody. But of course, it is, yeah, you've you've got to make that compromise, haven't you, between dishes that you would really want to cook, but then again, the dishes yeah. that practicality-wise, yeah, you know, that you couldn't stand there when you're doing the amount of covers that you'll be doing at the double locks and have to faff around with four or five garnishes and swipes of purees and things on the plate. No. It's, got to, it's, it's got to be a case no. of, you know, all the work. Well, it's, it's like any kitchen. It's the same. All the good work is in the prep, but you want yeah. stuff that's going to be flavoursome, you know, big and bold. It stands out. It's bright. It's, it's not overcrowded yeah. and things that you're going to be able to get out quickly because that matter covers. And the way people are in places like the Double Ox, you know, if they don't get their food within 20 minutes, they start getting their ass in their hand and jumping up at the bar and demanding <laughs> you know, and, 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 and then when you say to them, you know, this is fresh food, it's cooked fresh, it, it, yeah. it takes time. I can't just slam it in a microwave, yeah. bring it out a minute and a half later, because then you'd be pissing your knickers saying, well, it come out so quickly, it must have been put in the yeah. microwave. So, yeah, I don't envy that. Could you give us any sneak peeks, perhaps, on what people could expect? What they could see? expect. I've got it here. Uh so what I always try and do, if you're a new head chef and you want a little tip for menus, get a menu that they've got uh, and cross bits out and write on it. Um, 
buttermilk fried chicken. Lovely. Might might be going on. Might be going on. That's all you're getting. <laughs> uh, so it is a Young's house. So uh, they've got a big four. So burgers, fish and chips, uh, pies and sausage and mash. Yeah. Um, sandwiches, starters, that sort of thing. Sharing plates. Um, sides. Kids meals. Obviously, we cook fresh. Uh, and desserts. And that's it. I'm just trying to keep it as simple and as easy as possible um, without going mad. No, of course. And I suppose because you could go mad. Of course you can. And at the end of the day... And not can... knowing your, uh, not only the market, but ne- more so there, how busy it gets. Oh, yeah. Um, and you just f*** yourself. I mean, I did work there, uh, what, five, six years ago now. So Yeah, come full circle. I know the business. Yeah. And I know how it works there. Uh, obviously, there's a new chef team in there now, so I've got to sort of get to know them. And I've got to, um, you, 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 you want to put your own stamp on it. And I think a lot of chefs are too eager when they're writing a menu to put their own stamp on stuff. Yeah. When you've got to just step back, I think, and say, look, we'll run their menu for, even if it's just two weeks, till you get to know how the business works and how it runs and then start taking things off, putting things on, see what, what of your dishes work. I mean, I suppose it's slightly easier if you're going from fine dining to fine dining to fine dining. Um, sure. But if you're going from fine dining to a pub and then back into fine dining, those dishes don't all necessarily work together. No, you can't. No, I know what you mean. You, you can't take one dish from one place and just put it straight on the menu. No. You know, you could maybe no. take elements of it, can't you? I mean, there's mm. like we were saying last week about how techniques from the high-end fine dining restaurants, how they can, you know, they can trickle down, you know, yeah. and they can find themselves yeah. in the realm of pub cookery, but it's just obviously presented and, and it's put out in a, in a less complicated fashion, shall we say? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. And knowing where um, to draw the line, I think is important. Yeah. That's important with menus full stop, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's always something I've tried to do. Um, yeah. Well that, say, well, that was something that I... Um, hang on. That I brought up a couple of weeks back when we were talking about what we think the other person's better qualities might be, and 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 that 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 was one of yours, or the main one I picked out for you was like you know when enough is enough, yeah, you know, and there's you know you've got confidence in what you're putting out. You don't need to hide it with all these fiddly little garnishes and no. you know tweels and crisps and gels that are gonna yeah you know th- you, yeah you're not there to impress the customers. You know what I mean. Not, not no. really. I don't think you're, you're there to feed them. That's no. that's the main yeah. aim. That's you're probably... not three star. No, no. If you're three star Michelin, then yeah, of course. That's yeah, people, what you're there for. People, people come up with that expectancy, that, don't they? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Especially for an, a sort of junior chef stepping up into a head chef role for the first time, is sort of saying, "Well, I saw a chef do this, and I've seen a chef do this, and I've seen a chef do this," and then trying to bring everything together at once. Um, where I think you just need to say, you know, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what, you know, because it takes years to develop your style of cooking. Yeah. You can't cook, your, your style of cooking doesn't just come overnight. No. You know, you need that time to progress into a head chef job or mm-hmm. into a, to becoming a head chef. Yeah. And working out how you manage staff, how you write menus, how you cook. How you, you motivate. Know. How you motivate yeah. the staff as well. You know, you've got to yeah. give them, you've got to give them little, I, I always find it's best to, to drop them little bits of autonomy, you yeah. know, leave them to their own devices for certain things and then mm. take it away again almost yeah. so that they are yearning for you to give them more responsibility. So yeah. give them a, give them a little, I don't know, a little piece of the menu somewhat, you know, give them an idea, say, listen, I want to put yeah. something on. It's coming into season strawberries. I want to put a strawberry dessert yeah. on. You know, have a think, write a few things down, come back to me with it, and then we'll work on it from there. And they take ownership over something. And I always feel that it's a nice exercise to do. And I know we've done it in the past where you give yeah. a, you know, a cobby or even a chef to party, even a junior sous chef, that sort of flexibility to say, look, we're writing the menu, go away. Yeah. You're coming into summer with five starters, five desserts, five main courses, and we'll see. And then that sort of element of pride they get when you say, you know, okay, you've put this on. This is how we can tweak it slightly to make it fit in with what we do. Yeah. And then um, the pride they see when that first plate goes out of the kitchen yeah. 
Yeah. It's, it's great. And that's what it's all about. And, you know, you see chefs on TV. Uh, Gordon being, I know we're slamming a lot <laughs> the last few weeks, but you see him on things like Kitchen Nightmares or Hell's Kitchen, where he stood there and he's absolutely shouting away. Um, what you don't see on those programs is the building up and the confidence building that he puts into chefs. Yeah, when he takes them to one side and puts the arm around yeah. the shoulder, mm. you know. Um, the boiling point style of Gordon Ramsay, if you've ever seen that program, that's what you need to be. You need to be, he says, doesn't he? You need to be yeah. their father, their mother, their best friend and their worst enemy sometimes. At the same time, yeah. It's interesting what you say about um, menus and I suppose it, it helps like obviously going into the double locks like you are you you know the business you you know obviously it's it's changed a little bit I would imagine in six yep. years but you know the business you understand the requirements you understand the the style of food you know mm-hmm. and it is a pub and you think to yourself I've got to think pub food yeah they're changing chefs at my local pub mm. and they are looking for a new head chef and I was chatting to the manager um, the other day and he was talking about the guy he's got in and he was asking me for some advice on bits and pieces you know to sound him out almost and yeah. I said. And well, he said to me first of all, he goes, I've got an idea for the sort of food I want to serve here, yeah. along with another friend of his who's another chef. And he was saying, I'm going to send him that menu and then yeah. get him to come back to me with a menu of his own. To which I yeah. said, I would give him nothing. Yeah. I would say Ask to him, menu, yeah. I would say to him, you send me a menu because yeah. he should have an understanding or any head chef should have an understanding really of of the business they're going into, even if they're not working yeah. there before, they would have done their research, like you said, would have looked at previous menus and they see the style of food. Yeah. I'm not saying you've got a carbon copy and do it exactly the same, but if he comes back with a menu yeah. for a lovely village country pub, you know, like mm. 17th century in this is, and he's got stuff like dim sum on there and Cajun yeah. spiced alligator or whatever it might be, you know, yeah. and he's clearly miles away from the vision from what you've you want, got. Yeah. And it's going to be really hard to rein somebody in. Um, yeah, well, I was, I was, I was thinking about this earlier because I knew we were going to bring it up this week. Um, the fives, I, I remember a sous chef that I worked with uh, a few years ago now asked me, he wanted to st- take that step up into the head chef role. What advice yeah. would I give him? Uh, I'd always take a sample menu to a, um, job interview. Yeah. You know, even if you never cook anything from that menu. Um, just gives them a little idea as to the. Well, type they've of, got something of yours. Yeah, then. it's tangible. So if it's yeah. between you and somebody else, then they'll be like, "Oh, I've got this bit of paper." You'll come to the f- forefront of their mind, and secondly, they can get a feel for the style of cook you are. Obviously, that's not going to work for everywhere, and you've got to think no. about the business that you're going into. And secondly, Google where you're going to work, and just have a look online because there's no point, as you say, there's no point putting dim sum on a menu. Uh, in a little village boozer down the road, is there? No, no. And, and that was I, what I was trying to say to him. Don't, don't give him, don't give him a, a sort of hymn sheet to sing from. Yeah. Let, let him come to you and, and then you yeah. can sort of see how close or how far away he is from what yeah. you've got as an idea. Because it's, it's, it's all about the compromise. I mean, yeah, you want to give the chef the freedom to express themselves, to cook the sort of food that they enjoy cooking and that they think their yeah. customers will enjoy, but it's got to be the right kind of chef. Yeah. It's got yeah, to be the right. one that, that, that fits you and, that, and you're in at least in the same ballpark. And I always say like parameters, it's always good, I think, to have parameters as a chef because you can go off on a tangent and you can become a little bit too, yeah, you can become a bit too experimental. And at least then if you're focused, if you say, right, this is a French restaurant, this is an Italian restaurant, this is a Spanish restaurant or whatever it might be. I'm not saying it's the blanket case for all restaurants because there are some fantastic ones that do fusion cuisine and all sorts of stuff. But, you know, if you give a junior chef the, op- the opportunity to put on a French style dessert and you say, think about, it doesn't have to be yeah. a, a recognizable French dish, but something within, you know, that evocative French nature of cookery. And he comes mm. back and, this, and he says to you, oh, I want to do a tiramisu. You yeah. know, well, as nice as it is, that, that's, <laughs> it kind of, you know, you're missing the point here. Yeah. Um, and I always think that's, that's, a, that's a key thing for menu writing, to set yourself guidelines, especially yeah. at the beginning. But how long do you reckon it will be before you are completed writing the menus when are you going to put some literature out for the people uh i don't know it's difficult isn't it because <laughs> because i've got all the time in the world it feels like at the moment to write them i just need a day probably tomorrow i'll sit down and do them properly but um 
it's just, yeah, it's just sitting down with what they've got now is what I generally do at yeah. a place um, and just scribble all over it and cross things out that you don't want to put on there or that you don't want to keep on there and then just write your bits in. And it's, you know, as a chef, it's easy to go into a job, take the menu that they've got, rip it up and say, this isn't, we're not doing this. Yeah. Um, but if you are adapting the menu that they've got already from the outgoing chef, then uh, you've at least got an idea of where they were and then slowly bring in what you want to bring in. Yeah. Um, it's a gradual process, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you don't. Is, yeah. You, you almost don't because someone like the Double Ox, which has got a good reputation for food, as far as I'm aware, or has done over the years, it's, mm. it's had a decent reputation. You don't want it to become so blindingly obvious in a way for the guests no, that's right. to know that a new chef is in. Yeah, you, know, you want them to, you want them to just pick up on you know, the regulars will pick up on the little differences. Mm. You know, by the fact that the chef's car is no longer in the car park is probably one massive giveaway. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, I'm I'm very much looking forward to um seeing what you've got, and I'm I'm even more excited about going to. Uh, have a little visit, Chief, because you'll be open well before me. So I might pop on down yeah. on an April day, stick mm. my head around the back door at the kitchen, have a laugh at you, absolutely balls deep. Balls deep, yeah. And um, I'm going to be. Make my way outside for a nice crisp pint of lager and a fish and chips? Possibly. Possibly, we don't know. Or some butter milk fried see. chicken. Maybe some fried Hopefully. chicken. Yeah. Absolutely smashing. I think, Chief, it brings us on to the part we've all been waiting for. Yeah. It's time not to me eat. ranting about ingredients. Not you ranting about ingredients. Not no, yet. No, not yet. That's going to come a bit later. Um, <laughs> it's time to introduce our first guest ever onto yeah. the Prep Kitchen Podcast Live. I hope we're all excited. I'm very excited. So, without further ado, welcome to the Prep Kitchen Podcast, Artie Stan Pizza. Hello. How are you? Hello. Very well. Very well. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Been a long Hi. time since I've spoken to you in, well, sort of person. I know, yes. Those were good days, yes, mate. Nearly we did. 10 years now, mate. That makes me yeah. slightly sick to the stomach, to be honest. It means yeah. I'm really, really bloody old. Well, I'm catching you up, I think, yeah. For those <laughs> that don't know, Jay and I played uh, in the same football team together in Southampton. And I finished, yeah, I finished there in 2011. So that's how we know each other. And then mm. from there, we sort of, you know, kept in touch as best as people can, I suppose, really. You know, yeah. the odd Facebook message here and there and see how people are doing and all that sort of stuff. But you're based just outside Southampton still, aren't you? I am, yeah. So I'm based in a little place called Bitten. Um, yeah, some of the suburbs, I guess, of Southampton. Yeah. Yeah. So what we wanted to get you on for was because last week, my mate Ash Bradshaw sort of broached the subject all about, you know, small catering outlets and food trucks and vendors. Mm they're very much on the up during lockdown because there's various reasons why a lot of people decided to start them up. So when did you, when did you decide it was the right time to, to go it alone, so to speak, or to put yourself out there, dip your toe in the water? Um, well, it's always been a thought of mine, I'd say, like a little pipe dream, if you like. Um, and it all comes from when Vicky, uh, who seems to be quite an inspiration, which is my wife. Um, she bought uh, a pizza oven for me for my 40th. And since I made 40th? my first, yeah, for my 40th. 40th, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's why I said I'm an old. Sorry, I'm really sorry, old. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, so since for my 40th, I made a pizza which was absolutely diabolical, but the taste was so different to what I was doing in my conventional oven. Um, it just sort of, I don't know, it sparked something in me. I joined the the Instagram, um, well, made an Instagram page and then joined the sort of pizza community. And I was just learning from there. And I started speaking to a guy who was up in Bradford, I think, doing backyard pizzeria. I thought, backyard pizzeria? I started talking to him and realised that actually this is a possibility. You could do it from your backyard. Okay, interesting. And all my mates would taste my pieces and go, yeah, you should do this, give it a go. And then in August, I set everything up business-wise, uh, did it all properly, went through the um, uh, the council and everything, got myself set up, got me insurances, everything like that. And then just from there, it rolled out in, in August. So, And I haven't really looked back. I mean, I 
you know, shit my pants when I first did it, and I burnt both my arms, like, <laughs> ridiculously, had a piece of stick to the back of the oven, and decided to shove both my arms in and try and save it. Oh, no. That wasn't good enough, was it? Because I burnt one arm, well, but burnt one side of my arms, came out, and thought, oh, I'll turn the other arm, arms around and go back in again. So I burnt both sides. Yeah. I got some cracking scars. <laughs> what a um, Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I didn't get them seen to. And I had, I just like, I got really bad infections in both arms. He's going to the doctors and they're like, yeah, lucky you came here. You need, a, you, know, you could get septus from this. It's like, oh, brilliant. Nice. That'll be my piece of career over and done with within one week. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, my wife bought me a pizza oven and I guess it sort of just sparked something in me and saw the opportunity and went for it, really. Did you, um, did you have sort of like a real love or affiliation for pizza before the oven came into play, or was it something yeah. that you just decided you, you just decided one day I'm going to make a pizza and you quite enjoyed it, or is there like a bit of previous? Is it something that you've I don't know oh, always no. always made or had made yeah. for you? It's, it's, it's been something that I've been passionate about for quite some time, but as I say, I was using the conventional oven. I could never get that heat because you need real intense heat to wake that yeast yeah. and a combination up just to get all that puff and crust and all the other fantastic things that go with pizza. You couldn't get it in the convention oven. You just couldn't get it. Pizzas were tasting nice. The hoppings were lovely and all the, t- the flavours were there, but the dough was just shit, basically. It was never yeah. what I wanted it to be. It wasn't the quality that I was getting when we went to Italy back in 2016 for our honeymoon. And oh, that's yeah. really where the interest was reignited, I say. I've always had this passion for pizza, I wasn't really making it on a regular basis. We went to Italy and we travelled from um, Florence down to Rome and then down to Sorrento. And I had pizza every single day. It was my task. And I had ne- <laughs> what, what a was, treat. It what was treat. amazing, honestly. <laughs> and it was fantastic. But what I was blown away about was the, um, the sheer amount of variety in pizzas. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I mean, we over here, we have the likes of, sort of dominoes and such. They, to me, aren't pizza. They're dominoes. Like, yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're their own sort of separate thing. But the, the, the quality and the different sort of um, different flowers, the different processes, the different types of pieces was just amazing. Um, and I fell in love with Neapolitan. And when we went to Sorrento, that was where I, yeah, sort of discovered the pizza of my choice, if you like. Um, I just said to me, that's what I want to do. I want to do this one day. And by the age of 45, I want to have my own, my own place, my own sort of... Um, yeah, my own setup really, um, mm. and that has always been my sort of my goal. I've always <laughs> two years ago, three years ago maybe, I built a little place for a brick oven. That never happened. So Vicky took me to me and bought me an oven. Bless her. Good girl. <laughs> what yeah. um, What would you say has been the most sort of challenging aspect of starting a business, especially during a pandemic? I suppose. Challenging aspect. I guess it was probably getting marketing without a budget basically I think um, trying to get uh, known and noticed and it was used a lot of my friends as sort of like um, free marketing really and that's probably the hardest start because I, I never really wanted to spend money on like Facebook and such it's, like it's, it's a lot of money and you don't really get much return for it um, so I guess the sort of marketing and getting myself known um, and, and really sort of understanding how to run a business because I ain't got a clue. I, yeah. I've never done it before in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it um, is a so, daunting, daunting prospect, isn't God, it? Yeah, and there was all these tax and all this other stuff. But through the sort of months, I've found really, really, really good people. Like I've got an amazing accountant. Um, she's really sort of set me set me straight. And I can understand exactly what I can and can't do. Um, yeah, and then obviously the EHO have been fantastic as well. You know. Um, the council were brilliant taught me walk me through everything so I guess yeah. getting set up and getting myself known was probably the biggest challenge really yeah yeah. it, it, it seems to be the hardest step for, for anything even not not yeah. cookery related you know if you're going to start yeah, yeah even this <laughs> or, or if you're going to decide you need to lose a bit of weight or you want to start eating healthier or anything it's, it's always the very first step is the hardest one to make isn't it mm. yeah absolutely absolutely but I've always been a trial by error sort of person so even with I, I, I remember your footballing days, mate. Yeah, get out right of it. <laughs> get out of it. Get out of it. I caught a ball once, all right? I caught the you ball did. once. Okay? You did. That was, quite, that was quite good for a linesman, I must admit. Yeah, yeah it was a really goal. <laughs> <laughs> Two nil. Oh, get out. Um, yeah. Uh, where were we? I've completely forgotten. Oh, yeah, trial by error. So, yeah, trial by error. 
I've always yeah. been that sort of person to make mistakes and then sort of um, not make that mistake or try not to make that mistake again, but learn from it. Yeah, cool. I've done that with all my dough. Um, like there's lots of people that spend lots of time doing through, going through sort of YouTube and reading books. I'm dyslexic. Reading isn't an option for me. I listen to things and that's how I deal with it. I can take yeah, methods yeah. and understand, you know, measurements and stuff. And I can do the math side of it. But reading yeah. and sitting there reading is never going to be a thing for me. And I, my, my attention span is so small. Yeah. And Matt, you'll know this from me being in golf. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Literally, yeah. I'd be watching birds and there'd be like four goals going. Um, uh, but, I think I think he walked to the corner shot once and we were 3-0 down. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where he went. <laughs> and when I said birds, I meant birds in the trees, not... I know, I know, I know, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, Nobody came to watch away. us play. <laughs> no, literally. Yeah, birds were bored, actually, to be fair. Um... <laughs> No, we were actually decent, to be fair. No, uh, yeah, so those and everything, and, and, and listening to sort of watching uh, YouTube, it's never really been a thing for me. I take, I, I, I look at pizza, well, pizza champion um, templates and then look at their methods and then take bits for what works for me, really. Sure. Cool. Uh, and is there, just sort of going on from there, is there anything that you know now that you wish you'd known when you first started? Yeah, crikey. Um, don't put your arms um, in a pizza oven, I'd say, yeah, for the first yeah. one. Yeah, We've answered that one, yeah. Yeah, that, that, is, that is definitely the, probably the first one, to be fair. Yeah, 900 degree oven. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> it's not a good idea. It's not going to come out well. Um, I guess it would be the, the science behind it all. And there really is a science behind what we mm. do. Because you have to understand... You know, the, the likes of the protein levels, um, what flowers do and don't work, uh, how much, what, you know, what's better yeast-wise? Is it dry? Is it fresh? You know, is it better to have hot water? Is it better what warm water, cold water? All these things I have no idea about. So I was just chucking cold water in there, watching my donut rise, thinking, what the hell's going on? And it's because mm. I hadn't woken the yeast up beforehand and all these little, yeah. little tiny little bits. So if anything, it's probably the science behind it. Yeah, I wish I'd known that before. Yeah, yeah. I probably no, would have known if I'd just watched YouTube, but I'm a lazy bastard, so I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I've not had much experience making pizzas. I've, I've used a pizza oven uh, mm. only a handful of times, really, but I, I don't know what it is about it. Like, there's something almost like caveman about it, putting your hands, or in your case, too close, but very close mm. to the fire, and, and you're in there, and you can feel the embers getting hot, and, and you're mm. turning it, and you can you, you can see it, bubbling away and cooking before your eyes, it's, it's, there's nothing else quite like it, really. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when you get it right as well and you get that. For me, it's all about having a, a, a nice airy crust, mm. um, something digestible, uh, something that once you've eaten it, you feel like you haven't eaten it, but you can, but you know you've eaten it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's yeah. not just yeah. going to sit there on your stomach like a, yeah. like a certain absolutely. high street delivery chain. <laughs> yeah, and then you spend the next two days on the loo and just crying in a cold shower, going, "Why did I do it to myself? Why did I do it to myself? Nobody needs that much salami." Yeah, well, that's what you, you were talking about, doing and that was one of the sort of things I wanted to get from you. If you would have like any tips that you could just give people and myself included, because I like having to go and make a pizza from time to time, like tips for making the perfect pizza. Like, how 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 do you think it's the best way to go about it? Best was overcomplicate it. It's a really simple thing. It is as simple as, you know, flour, yeast, water, and salt. And what That's I would it. suggest doing is fine our salt, as fine as salt as you could possibly find. Make sure it's sea salt as well. Um, do a combination of um, uh, warm water and cold water. Always start with cold water, but put your yeast in the warm water first to wake the yeast up a little bit. Um, try and use fresh cheese if you can. I always find it better anyway. And yeah. then um, in terms of flour, make sure it's minimum double O, but also if you can get protein above sort of 13%, you're in for a winner because you want to feed the yeast. The more the yeast can feed, the more gas, the more, you know, puff and all the rest of it. And also yeah. time. time. Don't make it and think you can do it. You can eat it in six hours' time. You're going to get a stodgy, heavy dough. If you leave that for 48 hours, which is what I do with my dose, make it on a Wednesday and it's ready for Friday, it's 48 yeah. hours and it's had to sort of ferment. And yeah, it, it's just a huge, it's a huge difference from what I was doing. I was doing like 12 hours. Um, and it was just, I'm sorry, I was 18 hours. It just wasn't, 
Yeah, just, no, I, I know what you mean. Uh, I mean, we we had a, a chef that Paul and I worked with, and we used to give um, bread out when the guests would sit down at the table. You know, so we'd bake the bread in the afternoon, and you know, and 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 then they'd get it when they sat down at the table. And there'd be some days where it'd be like an hour before service, and he wouldn't have made any bread, and then he'll try and quickly prove yeah. it and, and and it's like under the like, hot lights under the hot lights minutes, it's, like, it's, yeah. just the, it's the worst thing you can do I mean if yeah. if you've only got an hour between someone sitting down and you want to give them bread I'm afraid you're not going to be giving them bread because it the needs it, yeah unless you nip up to the shops and get some I mean things like that they do need time and you can really Absolutely. really taste the difference can't you yeah massively I mean I do something I use a Polish uh, method so I don't know if you've, you know, if any, I'm sure you do, guys. No? I can't say it's one with me. No, the, the, the only I'm method really, that, yeah. that I, because I did a little bit of, a bit more bread making and more sourdough mm. making. I made a couple of sourdough pizzas during the first lockdown and I became, I say, I say familiar, I say overly familiar with something they call the Autolise method. Yes, yeah, I use that as well. Yeah. 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 So yeah. maybe you could explain what that is because I don't think, <laughs> I don't it's think Paul knows. I can't remember. <laughs> I'll just say I'm thinking about pizzas now. <laughs> um, also, this is basically, um, I, I liken it to, it's, ba- <laughs> it's me being lazy, basically. That's why I do it. Um, and I'll tell you why, because I don't have a badass mixer. I have a KitchenAid, and what it does is it mixes everything really badly, and then I have to pay that out, and I have to knead that bastard. And my God, my back and my shoulders is like, mate, what are we doing here? We are 40 years old. We can't do like eight kilos of dough. Every mm-hmm. week, what are you up to? So I did a little bit of research, funny enough. This is the one time I actually did do something. And yeah. I'd heard of all deleting before, because I'd seen it on Instagram. Basically, what you do is you, you, you I mix my dough, and then I push it out, and then I do a little bit of a knead, bring it all together, fold it in itself, put a damp cloth over it, leave it for 20 minutes to half an hour. And then what it does is it, it, it sort of, it does the process itself. It starts working its own magic and much strengthening itself. And what you'll yeah. do is you'll you, you, you put a cloth over the like what basically looks like an absolute mess, come back to it, and it'll be nice and smooth. So you can see the process working. It's absolutely amazing yeah. to, to watch. It um, is an incredible thing, isn't it? Because it is literally yeah. alive, isn't it? It's literally absolutely, yeah. it's doing absolutely its thing. Alive. You can also see sometimes, you see the cloth, like my uh, mother-in-law was watching one day, she was like, that bloody thing's moving. I was like, yeah, it's alive. It's actually mm. a living organism. So, But you're just leaving yeah. it to do its own thing. Um, yeah. It's a little bit lazy because you, you you should really need and need and need, but you know it works for me and my my crust is exactly how I want it to be. So if I can cut corners, I'm gonna bloody cut corners because tell you what, needing I hate needing. I'm not gonna lie. I should love it, but I don't. Yeah, he's got it. time for that. He's yeah, got time exactly. For exactly. I, I suppose as well. Going back to your mother-in-law saying that she saw the dough move. I mean, even though she was correct, you probably just put an extra lock on the sherry cupboard just in case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that too again, much? Get her out, get her out. She's things again. She's <laughs> things again. I'm really lucky to be part of the community that I am on Instagram and it is fantastic. It's such a lovely bunch of people that we all share tips and tricks and, and, and help each other out. Um, and yeah. I wouldn't be where I am without certain people. Um, one in particular, they're now triple seven pieces up in Yorkshire. Yeah. Amazing guys, two guys, um, John and, and, and Matt, and Matt in particular helped me get to where I am now. He was the one who used, was back, uh, back backyard pizzeria, that was it. Yeah. He was the one who helped guide me and tell me exactly what I needed to do to get me started. So yeah, I'm really pleased about that, and everyone's really passionate, and that's the one thing that... You've um, got to be, in you? Yeah, you have to be. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to go off piece with the questions here. Okay. Uh, do you think the UK's got a lot to learn for pizza? Because I feel I feel like it's so easy just to you know go on your phone, go to Domino's or wherever else, and order one of those, and you think, well, that's a pizza. Where actually, there's a lot more involved in pizza, and you rarely sort of see uh, sort of artisan pizzas, if you like. Yeah, um, I feel like we are starting to learn for sure, but then I am very much engrossed within this community. So for me, yeah. I see it on a daily basis, and therefore, in my mindset, I think, well, everyone else is bloody seeing it. And then when I talk yeah. to people, it's a really good question, actually, because then when I talk to people, I haven't got a first idea. First yeah. idea. So, um, yeah, I think, yes, there is definitely a, a, a sort of room for sort of understanding a little bit more about 
what good pizza is because it isn't Domino's in my eyes. Domino's is a good place to go when you're absolutely steaming and um, <laughs> you, know, you, you need something to, you know, soak up all that booze. Uh, that's the way yeah. I look at, at Domino's. For me, it's not pizza, it's Domino's, as I said before. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, I definitely think there's, there's more, more, more room for, for understanding, for sure. I suppose yeah. it's like the difference, like, like talking about the methods and, and the amount of time you take with the dough. Mm. And as to somewhere like Domino's, it's it's the difference between traditional artisan methods of making bread and what's known as the Chorley Wood method of getting it done quickly, getting out as many sliced loaves as you possibly can. Yeah. You know, I mean, whereas one, I mean, yeah, you can call it bread, but when you look at the list of ingredients, it's not just flour, water, salt, yeast, as hundred other things in there, which mm-hmm. I'm sure in the larger pizza chains, it's the same in their does. But like you say, with yours and other artisan um, pizza makers, it is literally just those four things, is it not? It's just water, yeast, you might put a splash Absolutely. of oil in there, I don't know. But it, what also goes with that, Matt, is that um, it is that four, four, you know, the fantastic four. And then what you do is you have your own method. You have your own proofing yeah. side. So I, I will, um, I'll also lease, for instance, and I'll use poolish in my day. So poolish is a mixture of water, yeast, and flour, which I leave for 18 hours before I mix it in with my dough. And what mm. that is, it's like, a, wow. it's like, it's like yeast on steroids in a way. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> it's like a, a big, badass bowl of yeast going into this mix, which is just going to start, you know, pumping the rest of the yeast, waking the rest of the yeast up to start eating and then get a wonderful crust and puff and the taste is just amazing. Oh, I yeah. also use the also lease method and I also use 48 hour method, 24 out and uh, room temperature, 20, uh, 24 in, in um, cold temperature. Uh, and then I boil my dough for like four hours before service. There's lots of different tiny bits that go with it. Mm-hmm. It's method and, and process is difference between each pizzeria or each, yeah. each, each, Piece of yeah, yeah. Know, I that, suppose it's like at the beginning of lockdown. Sorry, mm. everyone was making sourdough because you know what else have we got to do? Yeah, you've got uh, to you go on YouTube <laughs> yeah, and well. you go on YouTube and there's like a hundred different ways to do a sourdough starter. Yeah, yeah. You know, and everyone's doing something slightly differently, all to sort of get the same end result. But it's really interesting. It blows my mind slightly. That's why I'm saying a lot that mm. <laughs> so much goes goes into making a pizza because you know. Short of making uh, a pit of pizza, and very rarely a puff pastry pizza, which got a lot of kickback in the first episode, uh, I haven't really had that much uh, experience doing pizzas. So, yeah, it's really interesting. Do give it a go. It's, 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 a, it's a lot more simpler than you would imagine it to be. Um, as I say, it is about finding your own way. I, I've never been a copycat. I, I, even with, you know, the, this morning using the book that you guys um, quite uh, kindly bestowed on me now before winning that um, prize, I took a recipe from that today and I changed it slightly to, to what I wanted it to be. I've always been that sort of person to look at the recipe. Oh, that's really good. However, yeah. if I twisted it this way and did it that way, is that going to work better? And I have to change things because of my house. Yeah. It's so bloody hot in here. You know, I have to change the methods because it doesn't suit what the book says because I don't have a, a kitchen that is a commercial kitchen. You know, I'm not using yeah. a steel surface, I'm using a wood yeah. surface. And that's a difference as well because there's different heat friction that comes off of that. And it's all these tiny little bits. Crazy. And yeah. then obviously the heat of the oven. You know, that stone's got to be, for me, that stone's got to be 700 plus before Jesus. I put that pizza in there. Yeah. I want that bottom to cook straight away. And then I'll turn the pizza oven down slightly so the, the top cooks evenly. So there's all these Perfect other little tiny bits. temperature. Yeah, is. absolutely. Yeah, I always yeah. want to burn my arms off. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're not singeing your hairs, of, you're not doing it properly. Yeah, yeah. For a couple of months now, I've burned myself. So, but this Friday, yeah. I probably will now. <laughs> so, um, yeah. well, sorry to jump in there. I was going to say, post-lockdown, uh, mm. uh, is there anything in the offing for you? Are you going to continue to do what you're doing or are you going to look to push it further or what sort of next for you or what do you hope's next for you? Well, apart from your arm hair growing back, obviously. <laughs> no, that's gone now. That's, that's, that's gone. Um, no, I think for me, this, this, I don't want to sound big headed when I say this, but there is so many things on the table for me. It's ridiculous. And I feel really grateful for the, um, for the interest that people have shown in what I'm doing. And there's a, there's a couple of guys in particular that are really, really keen to, to work with me. 
Um, and I've always been a bit weird, a bit sort of signed off when people offer nice things to me. I'm like, oh, man, what do you want to attend? These guys genuinely want to help out because they can see an opportunity. Obviously, they're going to make money from it themselves, but they want to help elevate me. So I've got quite a few things to think about. One thing I am definitely going to start doing is a few events. I've got a couple of weddings that I already had booked, which is good um, nice. for later on in the year. So I'm going to start, first of all, uh, getting myself a, um, a gazebo with all the, you know, the marketing and all the branding. Look at getting a van of some sort, but not a food truck. No. I won't go, I won't go down the horse box route because it's been done to death. And if I'm going to yeah. do something, it's going to be different. Because the only way you're going to get any sort of bookings is to be different. There's so many, there's like a thousand horse boxes, but then I turn up with this amazing Dodge van with a wicked bloody um, gazebo on the side and all this amazing setup. I'll probably get chosen out of that. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. The, you see what I mean? The, you were saying before that your friend was saying that there's lots of different pop-ups. There are. But then what's really going to sort of stand out? What, how are you going to stand out from the rest of yeah. the crowd? And it's it's, it's, it's a market. It's, it's a market that perhaps has really quickly become saturated, isn't it? Absolutely, I mean, mate. Yeah. And I do worry about so it. And I think if I'm going to do this like full time, I'm not going to do it right now because I want to look and see what happens in the market for the next year or so. Yeah. How many people are going to be left? Because there will be, I know there's lots of people out there that have done this to make money. And that's the yeah. wrong thing. No, I'm, not in it, I'm not in it for the money. The, what I'm doing here with the business now, I don't make a penny from this. In fact, my GDP is so bad, you two would laugh at what I'm doing. But, but it's not about that for me. It's about learning. It's about having a business. I don't need the money from the business to, to, to live. And I mean that without sounding like a complete cock. I mean, yeah. like, I don't need that money to live in the sense that it's, it's not essential to me. It's about yeah. running a business and learning that for when I do have the opportunity to sort of take it to the next level. Yeah. So I'm all about sort of learning and giving people good pizzas and getting that brand out there rather yeah. than making a quick buck. And I think those people that are doing them quick buck won't be around in two years' time. Well, uh, I, in I, my I, eyes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about attempting to master your craft, isn't it? So when, so when the prices do go up and, th- you know, things do progress going forward, that, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're getting what you pay for and, and, and what you're paying for, hopefully, is, is, I'm sure, you know, a high, high quality product. You couldn't, you, you, you couldn't go elsewhere and get it. Or if you did, you'd have to really hunt it down. You know, it's not the sort Absolutely. of, you know, if, if you go to yourself and you get yourself a pizza, you don't think yourself, oh, well, the other guy two miles down the road is just as good because there isn't another guy two miles down the road. There's nothing yeah. like what you're doing, like you said, because everything is so tailored and so unique. You found your own way of doing it. Mm. You, you, you found what method works best for you that your pizza, your product, it, it ultimately can't really be copied because there's nothing else like it. And it's the no. same for all the people that you're in the community with. They all do their little things differently. So, mm. yeah, I, I, I just think it's great. I really do. And talking about like getting your brand out there, if anyone wants to go and check um, Jay's page out, it is uh, at Artie Stan Pizza on Instagram. And just have a look at the, uh, at the logos and the names of the pizzas. <laughs> well, just, 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 just run us through a couple of, uh, a couple of your favourites. Um, oh, Big Tony, he's the one who started it all, to be fair. Um, Big Tony. I was, just sat, I was just sat here, I was thinking, right, what can I do different pizza-wise? Because obviously I've got my staples, you know, you get all your meats and everything. But on the name side of things, I, I, I wanted to do something slightly different and slight, slightly gimmicky, I guess, if you like. Um, but it will live in people's memory and they're like, what's Big Tony? Big Tony Pepperoni. I, yeah, yeah. Came, I thought, Big Tony, Don Pepperoni. He's the, he, I was just sort of thinking, this character's like, it's a massive piece of like me. He's, you know, he's a, he, he, he's a, he's the Don. He, he's, he's a, a mafia, mo- you know, he, he's part of the, the mafia and all this. This thing went off in my brain. I was thinking, oh, and then I could have this and I could have that. And then the hot honey hog, well, I just created that out of my mind, um, which was just uh, fennel sausage, mascarpone, and then hot honey sauce, um, which is an amazing pizza. I must admit, yeah. it's one of my favourite pizzas out there. Uh, the Billy Margo, I literally don't know where that name came across or came from. It just popped into my mind. Um, what other ones have I got? Oh, you got me. Um, so they had Margarita, which is the Queenie, which obviously comes from Queen Margarita. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I just wanted to do something slightly different. Um, there is a reason behind it all. Characters for each. Um, yeah, there's the reason behind them all, and that will come to fruition later on down the line. 
Okay, well, I, I won't pressure any further on that yeah. one, but, you know, I think I might know what it is, but I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> I do have one final question. Oh, Chief, <laughs> knock yourself out, mate. Go for it. Because we've got a pizza person on. <laughs> Go on. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Ooh. Um, pineapple does not belong on pizza. Um, and, yeah... Uh, yeah, I am a massive advocate for no on that one. I, there we go. I could, I could say some really nasty things here, but I won't. Uh, settled. It's, it's like it's the settled. games of New York. That, that sort of debate is like the games of New York. You've got your yes and you've got your no, and it's, it's yeah, yeah, no. I'm just <laughs> going to clip that bit and play it all the time. And play it all the shit time, yeah. Fruit. It's a shit fruit that I don't trust. <laughs> shit fruit. You've only got shit fruit. <laughs> oh, mate. No, I'm, I'm definitely in the no camp. I, I, yeah. I it don't do it for me, unfortunately. It doesn't do it for me. Um, but hopefully you're going to stick around for the remainder of the podcast because we've got you involved yeah. in a couple of other bits and pieces. Um, yeah, cool. Yeah, so stick around. Chime in whenever you want. Don't don't be shy. You know? <laughs> um, but what comes up next is, uh, like I said, I think a week before last, one of, one of my favourite parts of the show and a little, a little part of the show that you've been, you've been on the receiving end of the positives from Jay is uh, time for Paul's Book Review. Yeah, so this week, uh, we're sort of uh, keeping on last week's theme of uh, cheap cuts. And we're going with, uh, it's the complete nose to tail from St. John's. Cracking book. Ah, oh, what a treat. So this is both parts, nose to tail and, uh, I don't remember what the second one's called now. Complete nose to tail part two, I presume. <laughs> uh, put together uh, in two volumes, uh, in one volume. So, uh, yeah, this is one... Uh, I definitely do go back to a lot. I've got both volumes, but this one feels like it's worth the money. That's the concise volume, is it? The concise version? Yes, it is. All crammed into one. All crammed into one. Uh, I didn't have time to go through and pick any. So, shout out there, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) If if, if there's one thing you are, Chief, it's thorough. I'm very thorough. (laughs) Very thorough. But in your defence, you have been busy today, so I'll... I've been very busy today. Is, is, Is that something you're... Um, familiar with Jay when it comes to devising pizza toppings, trying to sort of use thrifty, cheaper cuts of meat that you can cook appropriately to get maximum flavour. Um, you can have a little flick through, Chief, while Jay asks. I'm going to do question, it, yeah, and then you can pick yeah, something yeah. Yeah. and find the good bits. Yeah, I guess to a degree. Yeah, um, I mean, I haven't been as adventurous as I could be. I don't think, um, mm. but yeah, I mean, I quite like. Uh, Fatty bits of bacon. Um, I suppose that's cheap cuts, isn't it? <laughs> I don't. Jay, I know you. Uh, when we put that thing out on Instagram about ingredients that we could use for the ingredient challenge, mm. you were big into this. This is a jelly tripe. Oh, <laughs> yes. God. Yes. So that's oh. what I'll be doing when that gets picked. Yeah. So if you buy part one and two, or buy the concise um, uh, volume. Uh, this is one definitely worth getting. Uh, it's fifty pound RRP, but it's probably cheaper on Amazon. And you reckon that's something? Now. You reckon that's something that you'll turn to when you're writing some menus? Definitely turn to that. Probably won't take many recipes from this. No, but we'll definitely use it for pairing ideas and yeah. But like I say, like we said last week, the cheaper mm. cuts. Um, sometimes you struggle a little bit what to sort of put with them, so it's nice yeah. just to have a little bit of a. An and encyclopedia well, of that. Yeah, and also as well, that place being so famous for that type of cookery that it'll give you um, good information on what's best to do with what particular cuts of meat and probably what, what is best to do with bits of offal as well. You know, the really unfamiliar parts if you do want to go down the it's route. It's 32.99 now. 32.99. So if you wanted to go down the route of cooking tripe or yeah. heart or livers yeah. or kidneys... You know, if you're into that sort of stuff. Uh, it does go into uh, sort of using those, how to get the best out of them, how to prepare them. Yeah. So even if you're not going to cook them, but you're interested on how to prepare them, uh, it's definitely one to have a definitely look at. Definitely one to have a look at. And if, would, if ever would, you... Go on. Would cheek be classed as well? Cheek cut? Was that quite expensive? Cheek. Cheek, cheek obviously. Yeah. Didn't last week, but <laughs> we'll let you off. <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it is. Yeah, 
it's 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 become a little bit more expensive, I think, because it is one of those cheaper cuts that after last week's podcast. No, 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 I wish. Um, <laughs> it, it has become a little bit more fashionable over the last few years than what it was perhaps 10, 12 years ago, but it's still a relatively cheap cut. I mean, like I, I said, suppose it's in the place where pork belly used to be when you used to think pork belly was a cheap cut. Yeah, right. quite possibly. And then it starts to rise up in price as people think, hang on a minute, I can get three times the amount of this than I yeah. can. Oh, mate. But that was Nose to Tail, St. John's Wood, Fergus Henderson. Get it. Get it. Learn how to cook the cheap cuts and impress all your friends. Maybe not all of them. Maybe not all of them, no. You still there, EJ? Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah. He's still there. I'm I'm glad. I thought he'd fallen asleep there. I thought he'd fallen asleep too. Um, (laughs) This brings us on. This brings us on nicely to um, this week's edition of Challenge Sheep. And of course, we've got a guest on, so it would be remiss of me not to pit the two of you against each other. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Oh, so I'm going to ask you 10 questions. 10? 10. 10 questions. Of course. You don't answer them. You just have to, you know, well, don't think of the them. answer. Well, you think of the answer, and then at the end, I'll ask you both for your answer. Okay. I think, he's, I think Paul's going to win this because I'll just keep cutting out. <laughs> Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you every chance here because it is all about Italian food this week. Oh, crap. Okay. Right. Okay. So, without further ado, it's Challenge Chief and it's all Italian questions. Italian cool. food-based questions. So without further ado... Are you going to ask them in Italian? Uh, no. no. No, I'm not. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, so question one. Gnocchi is a type of pasta, but with a main added ingredient. What is that main ingredient? I can, give you, some, I can give you some options if you like. No, just jot, jot them down in your head. Oh, the I didn't end. know I had to have a pen. Well, you can do it on your phone, can't you? Google. So gnocchi is a type of pasta, but with a main ingredient added. What's the main ingredient? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Question two: tiramisu. Mm. Tiramisu. Mm-hmm. Uh, the cl- the classic Italian dessert, but literally translated. What does tiramisu mean in English? Oh fuck's sake! Oh, I do fucking know this as well. Yeah. Oh, they all yeah. say oh, that. Yeah. They all say that. Got it. I think. I think. Might be complete bullshit. Paul looks like he's thinking. Paul looks like he's thinking, but it's probably about pizza. (laughs) It was, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about that tripe pizza again. Tripe pizza, yeah. Oh, God. Tiramisu. I don't know. I'm just going to guess. You'll be okay. Uh, Number three, amaretti. They're little crunchy biscuits with a flavour of which nut? Left or right? I'm joking. (laughs) Uh, Amaretti are little crunchy biscuits with a flavour of which nut that's number three are we good yeah number four what is the main flavour of tartufo another famous Italian dessert what is the main flavour of tartufo Um, can you spell it can I spell it well I've got used to you spelling it sorry 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 Um, T-A-R-T-U-F-O Tartufo. The flavour of it. Yes. Mm. What is the main flavour? Tartufo. Number five. What, and this, this one Jay's going to get straight away. What are the main ingredients of any Italian dish that is described as Florentine in a culinary term? Can you read that one again? What is the main ingredient of any Italian dish that is described as Florentine in culinary terms. Got it. Got it. Got it, Jay? I think. Yeah, I think I got it. Yeah. Oh, I really hope I have. <laughs> Number six. I can feel this pizza business just going oh, down the tube. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry about this, mate. Sorry. Destroy me here. Crushed him inside an hour. Number six. Which of the following is not an ingredient in pesto? Black olives, basil, olive oil, parmesan, which is not an ingredient in pesto. You're both going to get that right. If you get this wrong, Chief, I will ring up the double locks and hand in your notice for you. (laughs) I'll ring them up. I'll pay the phone bill. Don't worry. Uh, Number seven. In Italian, what is prosciutto? 
Is it chicken, ham, sausages, or veal? I'll give you a choice, but you both know anyway. So that was number oh. seven in Italian. <laughs> Try <laughs> What is prosciutto? Mm, mm, mm. Mm, love it. Uh, number eight, focaccia is a type of what? Cool. Easy peasy. Number nine, I've got some options for you. Which of these is not a stuffed pasta dish or stuffed variety of pasta? Agnolotti, capoletti, fusilli, or tortellini? So which of these is not a stuffed pasta dish? Agnolotti, capoletti, fusilli, and tortellini. And finally, number 10, nice and easy. What is the main ingredient of passata? What is the main ingredient of passata? We all good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, gentlemen. I've number definitely one. got two of these wrong. Definitely got two of them wrong. Uh, number one, gnocchi. It's a type of pasta, but with what ingredient added? Chief, what are you gone for? Potato. Potato. Jay? Oh, yeah, potato. Bang, bang. One apiece. Uh, tiramisu. What does it mean, Chief? Coffee layers. Jay? Uh, boozy pudding. Boozy pudding. Yeah. No? <laughs> um, no, it actually literally means pick-me-up. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, okay. Tiramisu, so no points there, still one apiece. Amaretti biscuits uh, have a flavour of which nut, Chief? Almond. Almond. Jay? Almond, yeah. Correct, you are. Two all. This is tight. Like a camel's arse in a sandstorm. This one's tight. Uh, Number four, what is the main flavour of tartufo, Chief? Lemon. Lemon. Jay? I went for lemon as well, funny enough. Went for lemon as well. Yeah. And the answer is is chocolate. Oh, is it? Chocolate. That's annoying. Uh, number five, what's the main ingredient of any dish described as Florentine? Uh, Jay? Spinach. Spinach um, you've gone for. I've gone for egg and spinach, but I'm going to choose egg just to mix it up a little bit. <laughs> My arse is going. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking wrong. Your arse, your arse is going because it's 3-2 to Jay. He's right. Yeah. It's eggs or egg and it's egg or egg and cream. The oh, what we described as Florentine. Um, so eggs six. Florentine is <laughs> eggs a nothingness. Well, not not so much. No, just egg egg. Egg Florentine. Egg eggs with eggs. Yeah, it's eggs with eggs. Wow, wow, that threw me that one. The Florentine is the egg part. Right. So it's egg egg. Wow. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, number six. Which of the following is not an ingredient in pesto? It's obviously both. Yeah, black olive. Pine black. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm just joshing. I have black olives. Four, three. Um, seven. What in Italian is prosciutto? Ham. Ham, yeah. Ham is correct. Five, four. Oh, it's tight. Uh, eight. Focaccia is a type of? Bread. 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 What's that makes it? Six, five. Number nine, which is not a stuffed pasta. Paul? Fusilli. Yeah. It's a twisty one, isn't it? It's a twisty one. You're both correct. You're both correct. I got confused which one was which there, yeah. for obvious reasons for you and I. Yes, it's not yeah. farfalle. And um, <laughs> what is the main ingredient of passata? Tomatoes. 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 That concludes this week's uh, segment of Challenge Chief. And Chief, you've been challenged and successfully dispatched. I know. I know. Nice and... No, but by by an egg. egg. What a thing. <laughs> what a thing to be dispatched by. <laughs> it is. Egg egg as well. That really confused me. Yeah, yeah, that. Mm. Yeah, ooh, because in Florentine you'd have spinach. Oh. Oh. Oh, he's got it wrong. There's a point of contention. It's just Uh-oh. come up on here that Uh-oh. spinach spinach is the correct answer. Oh, you get out of town. <laughs> I, pressed, I pressed the wrong button, so spinach is the right answer. Oh! oh. So, I do believe that leaves us at a draw. The podcast is still mine. The podcast is still yours. He still holds <laughs> on to the title. There's no away goals counting double in this one. That's, oh. a, that's a score draw. Jay, I feel so bad for taking that away from you at the last minute. <sighs> Never mind, mate. Never mind. The correct answer Fine. is spinach. I didn't think egg egg makes any sense. To be fair, no, so I was thinking that's a bit. Weird. Got, yeah, makes a bit makes more more sense. Yeah, eggs with oh. spinach. Yeah, eggs with spinach. Eggs Come on, guys. Eggs out of quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I suppose that leads us nicely and you know smoothly onto 
the ingredient challenge for this week. I actually, Unbelievable. I thought I had it this week. I, I thought you had it. Because that, that cake looked terrible. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, I, mm, I, I did think I had it this week. Not because yeah. the cake looked terrible, but, but everyone, likes, everyone likes Sagaloo. Well, it's funny because you, you can look at on the Instagram like who voted for yeah. who. Um, yeah. One of my very best friends back at home, James Merrikin, who's never even met Paul, voted for Paul. So, uh, <laughs> oh, thanks, he mate. actually messaged me for the recipe. So. Oh, did he? Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, but, this, but this week, um, we've asked Jay to kindly, um, to kindly give us an ingredient. So we're waiting with bated breath, big boy. What you got? So... You've got my wife to thank for this as well, I'm afraid. Oh, so, no. It's, um, it's breast milk. It's breast milk. It, it is breast milk, yeah. Um, <laughs> I've got, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, That's the easiest one we've had. <laughs> oh, God. To be honest, guys, it doesn't taste nice. Trust me. Yeah, it's very sour. It's not, not nice at all. Um, so, we were having uh, lunch today. We had a beef roast. And we were without a certain condiment. And we're thinking, oh, I've really missed this. And then we started talking, going, what else can you actually make with this thing? And I was like, do you know what? I literally don't know. And Vicky was like, well, there's your answer. There's the thing you're going to give them stuff this evening. I was like, just a really good idea, actually. There's the tribe. He's so building this up. Horseradish. Horseradish. Oh, I could feel that as soon as you said roast beef. <laughs> when you said condiment, I was like, don't say, I was going to say, don't say horseradish because I know that's one of your, you like horseradish a lot, don't you, Chief? You, you like it, don't you? Love horseradish, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping you were going to say mustard. Oh, sorry, guys. Sorry. I, oh. I, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued because I've never seen it in another form, I don't think. Uh, I'm sure you can do something else with it, but it's, it's, the fresh it's, 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 yeah, it's a fresh Yeah. It's a root vegetable, isn't it? So I'm sure you can. Is it root? Yeah, it is, well, it is a root. Yeah, yeah. Root, and and yeah. you do know why they call it horseradish, don't you? Because radishy and looks like a horse. <laughs> well, it actually is called. It's called. And this is all seriousness. It's called horseradish because it looks like a horse's penis, and that's the truth. Oh, we can't be having right. horses' penises on the podcast. Well, it's, it's, a, it's it's culinarily relevant, chief. So I, I can put it in there. All right. Vicky said to me, it looked like a, um, if the scarecrow had a penis, that's what it would look like. Yeah. Scarecrow and penis. Also yeah. looks like Matt's penis. But <laughs> <laughs> also looks like mine. Yeah. yeah. That's the real reason why I can't play football anymore. You need it's to go to a GP, mate, if that's the case. Oh, God. You've got some serious problems there, buddy. I think I, I, think I need to go to Equine College. And <laughs> equine Veterinarian. Mm. So oh, I'll tell I'm you what. Looking forward to that one. Absolutely, yeah. My, my, uh, my mind is ticking over a little bit. But I'm I've got a little tip for away. horseradish. Go on. Mm. Uh, it's not a... It's not something I'd do for the ingredient challenge, but when you make, if you, when you roast your beef, if you rub it with horseradish and then salt and pepper a little bit and then roast it with the horseradish on outside, the cream stuff, not fresh, obviously, uh, then that sort of caramelizes and goes a bit sweeter than you would out the jar. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you can have that one. That's a freebie. There you go. Ah, I might do that next time. As a thank you. Yeah. As a thank you for not picking tripe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mate. Tribes, those are horrible days on the farm many oh, years good ago. Grief. Mm. How are you feeling about horseradish, Chief? Um I I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to do a bit of research, I think, and and see how I can use it in a in a different way. I, I don't know. I, it's 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 actually a really, really, really good ingredient because it is one that everyone's very familiar with, but at the same time familiar with just in one way and that's mm. out of a tub or a jar and spoon next to your roast dinner yeah so i mean we, we we've both used it before in different ways as, as a, yeah. almost as a seasoning or a flavoring you know horseradish cream and things like that um but yeah what can we do with it I i've got going. an idea pizza i've got an idea already pizza related but i just thought you know they're really too easy to be fair no, no I, I, I think that, I think that's a very, very, very good choice there. So well I've got done. Some, I've got a kernel of an idea already. A kernel. <laughs> um, that brings us to the end. Uh, Jay, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, mate. Really appreciate yeah, you giving the time to coming. chat to us. No, I really um, enjoyed it. Thank you. It's thanks been, for coming and listening to this fun. shite for an hour. No, yeah, no. Yeah. Honestly, guys, I really enjoyed it. To be fair, and yeah, continue doing it and keep smashing it. Really, it's um, it's a good listen. 
We'll hope to get you back good on. Good chemistry, guys. You've got good, good chemistry. chemistry. Thank yeah. you, mate. Well, we'll we'll hope to get you back on maybe at some point once um, lockdown is all eased and then if, you know, things do start to progress in the way you hope, you can come back yeah. on and tell us all about it. Absolutely. I want to know what all these character names are for. Oh, yeah. Uh, exactly. yes. You'll see. You'll soon see. Are you writing a children's book? Um, no. No, no. Sort ah, no the cat's no, out the bag. I got him. I'm not saying a damn <laughs> thing. No, no, no. No. I don't think Big Tony can go into a uh, character's book. Not the way I've written his um, character <laughs> no. reference yet. Ain't gonna happen. No. <laughs> he's got. He's, he's got too much of a shady past. That's yeah, absolutely. absolutely. He's been too much Florentine. That's why. <laughs> oh, mate. Can't move in Big Tone's house with Florentine. <laughs> right, mate. Gentlemen, thank, thank you, you so so much, so much. Really appreciate it, Chief. I'll see you next week, Jay. I'll hopefully see you at some point uh, in the summer if you come down this way, mate. Give us a shout. Yeah. Let us know. 100%, mate. You take care, guys, yeah? Yeah, all the Thank best. You. Thanks, mate. Bye.